guys, welcome to another episode of the Dirty Giants podcast. Before we start, I want to thank one of our sponsors, Scout to Hunt, the completely free offline GPS mapping app. Also, I just want to let you guys know that if you have any suggestions or uh, input on how we could make the podcast better, reach out on Instagram and send me a message. It's dirty underscore giants. Uh, I'd love to hear what you guys think that we could do to make the podcast better. Anyways, let's get started. All right, guys, welcome to another episode of the Dirty Giants podcast. This week we have Drake Schofield of A3 Outfitters. Um, Drake, can you hear me all right? Yeah, I can hear you fine. Okay, perfect. So in 2019, Drake had an unreal year. He killed two giant bucks. Um, so we kind of want to talk about that and get some tips and tricks from them. But before we start, you'll kind of just tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got into hunting. Um, yeah. So my, uh, my dad, basically the one who got me into hunting, we, I guess we were never real serious hunters. Um, but we did do a lot of pack trips, um, and we do a lot of shed hunting and that's really where all my roots began. Um, I think I was six years old and my dad took us in to a place place down in the blue here in Arizona and uh, we, we legit packed in, I don't know, between five and six miles and uh, over a thousand foot elevation change and we just kind of spent a few days down there. I mean, I was six. I remember crying a lot, but <laughs> I, did find, I did find a big mule deer deadhead that was, uh, I mean, for, for me back then when I was six, it was big, but it was, it was probably in the high 160s 170 kind of buck but um but that's really where it all began um but yeah my my dad he, he would hunt here and there but nothing nothing real serious and then uh about my senior year of high school is when i i, I finally we we were putting in of course you know and i we finally drew some elk tags me and him together so we had a 27 late hunt and turned out to be pretty good and ever since then it's just been you know, expanding and growing on it. So it's been fun. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it looks like you've definitely got things figured out now. Um, just scrolling through your Instagram, you've definitely been apart and have killed some big stuff yourself. Would you say, are you kind of an elk guy or is a mule deer kind of your thing? Um, definitely mule deer. I, yeah. you know, when, when I was younger, I mean, the first animal I killed was, was an elk, and then I drew again the next year, and I killed another big bull. And, you know, I thought that's that's where it all was. And then I shot, I think, 2009. So, like, two years later, I shot my first muley with a, with a bow, and uh, that was the first mule deer I'd ever killed. And he wasn't big. He was just like a 130, 140 buck. But I was 19 years old, and, it was, you know, I was pumped about it. It was yeah. Definitely one of the cool experiences of my life is just me and a friend in there and we were, you know, several miles back and, and whatnot. But I for a while there I after that I, I got real into coos deer. I never killed a giant coos deer, I killed three of them right around a hundred inches, but I did guide a guy who killed a hundred and nineteen inch buck and that was that was kind of a bittersweet moment for sure. He uh you know, he killed it, and I I had the same tag in my pocket too. But it all turned oh, out pretty good. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> I 
I had the buck on camera and you know, we, we kind of thought he was a, he, he just had a big frame. He, he was basically a giant, ginormous two by three, but we, we kind of thought he was like a 105 inch buck. But I mean, when I walk up to him, it, it was mind blowing. I, I knew for sure he was in the teens and he ended up going 119 and a half. And, oh, but so after that, I just, <laughs> I don't know. I just, I just, you know, I started hearing about the strip and this and that. And so I, I kind of gave up on the coos deer for a little bit and just started, you know, getting all my points for, for, uh, to hopefully draw an archery strip tag someday. I didn't think it'd be as soon as it was. I only had a few points and, uh, try to make the most of it, you know? So what, what were like your thoughts when you drew? So you drew in 2019. Yeah. So, like, what, how, how did that go? I, I don't know. I, I couldn't believe it, really. I, I had six points, so I didn't have a ton. And I I just knew the moisture year, it was going to be a great year. So I, I was like, you know, strip or kayabab, I, I don't care. And so I had a pretty good chance of drawing the kaya, a kayabab muzzleloader hunt. And so that's kind of uh-huh. what I was planning on doing. But, you know, of course, I put 13B archery first choice. And card got hit, and I was kind of surprised. And so I was like, and, so you and probably thought off, when your card got hit, you're like, you probably thought it was a muzzleloader tag when your yeah, card got sure. hit. Yeah, for sure. For sure, thought it was a muzzleloader, which I, I knew would be a good hunt, and I'd be able to kill a big, big buck. Uh, but to top it off, you know, the car, the Colorado had came out before that, and I actually had drawn a Colorado tag that this this in 2019 too, and the the Colorado tag, the unit that I had, I. You know, I've heard a lot of good things about it. I'd never been to the unit, but I had hunted a unit next to it on a second season and killed a 170 buck. And so, I, I, you know, I was just excited to go back to Colorado. I was pumped for that and wasn't really super expecting anything in Arizona, but got got lucky, I guess, and <laughs> drew a strip tag, so <laughs> can't complain there. <laughs> yeah, so had you spent much time on the strip before you, when you pulled that tag? Like mm, no, not really. I, I you know I'd gone up there to help Matt with some look for some governor tag bucks here and there. Just I think maybe honestly maybe a a week worth of time between several different years is is as the much as I'd ever spent up there. And so I I didn't really know it very well, but you know I I did have the benefit of having Matt Schimberg in my back pocket and he was, <laughs> yeah, it's you know, a good guy he, to have. Yeah, for sure. He he showed me, I mean, countless bucks. He's like, you can have this one, this one, this one. And so the the buck I ended up originally was my number one buck was the buck that you ended up killing later in the in the rifle hunt, which was oh, was that your number one then? Yeah, I, I just liked him, and you know, Matt said he's in a spot that probably is not going to get messed with super hard, and he right. said he won't be easy to find, and that became very true. I but. <laughs> I went up to the strip eight days before the hunt started and just, you know, start scouting the first evening I got there, you know, right around 3 PM and just jumped up on a point that Matt had sent me to. And I actually glassed up a couple big bucks that were pushing that 200 inch range and, and whatnot. And then me and him got together and talked and we kind of decided that, that your the buck that you killed was the one I was going to try to spend, you know, most of my time looking for. And I, I spent five days <laughs> glassing for him. Non, I mean, all day long, just hardcore glassing, you know, glassing for him and never 
never once laid eyes on that deer. So <laughs> mad, mad props to you for <laughs> killing him. <laughs> oh, I had some good help. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. I mean, but yeah, I mean, it, but yeah, the, the strip was definitely an awesome place. It was, it was a lot of fun. So how do you even like start to prepare for like an archery hunt like that? Like, I feel like with mine tag, I had like the rut going for me. It was like everything. Yeah. Kind of change like that's like what what did you do to kind of like start prepared and that stuff. The the main thing was just getting comfortable with my bow. Um, I did get that new Garmin sight, and I felt like that was just a humongous a humongous advantage. And I know I know a few other guys there that you know hunted with that sight, and I I personally love that sight. It really ended up killing my buck with and and whatnot but i i think just you know getting my equipment ready and then working as much as possible i mean i was working saturday sundays and just getting as much money saved up and uh because i i knew i you know i drew that strip tag and i was like i'm going up there eight days before and i'm not gonna i'm not leaving until i have a dead deer and if i and if I end up hunting the whole hunt and then I'm going straight to Colorado because that Colorado hunt started two days after the the strip hunt there. So I was, you know, just working, I think was one of the biggest preparations I had. And then just practicing with my bow and knowing my bow and just, you know, just being comfortable and ready for it. Yeah. So you kind of get everything dialed in. You go out there. How... Mm-hmm. You were out there for how long before you killed? <laughs> um, I was think that, was it I your. It was, I killed on the third to last day, so I think it was like twenty-seven days or something like that. Jeez. Um, yeah. How did and, you do and, that? Like, how did you stay focused and like not go home? <laughs> I mean, you're on yeah, the ship, but like, it's got to be. That's gotta be yeah. It, it 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 was rough at times, you know. But a lot of it I spent alone. But a lot of it I had friends there helping and stuff, and that you know that kept me going. But I, uh, I mean, I I didn't hunt every every single hour of every single day. I mean, obviously, you know, here and there, I had a good friend that lived in St. George, and he let me take a shower and, and do some laundry. So I think between the whole time that I was on the strip, I think I maybe five or six evenings i took off to you know go to go go there and shower and just do laundry and get refreshed real quick but having yeah. a strip tag it just it just kept me going you know it's i just felt like it was once in a once in a lifetime opportunity yeah for sure so but, i mean definitely times that it was tough you know <laughs> oh yeah so i was only out there for like what was it we went five days early and think we killed on the third or fourth day but mm-hmm. <laughs> it's hard it's some hard like people think of the strip and they just think of giant bucks but it, it's that's a challenging hunt for sure yeah just between the dust and i mean you go you go into town and you shower and you come back and you spend a, half a day out there and you're you're completely dirty again so you just you just learn to live in filth you know and <laughs> Yeah. I, I'm I'm someone that likes to shower every single day, but <laughs> at a point, you know, about halfway through that hunt, you just get completely used to it, and you you forget you forget all about it, you know. But yeah. So, so what happened? Uh, uh, how did you end up killing your deer then? What's the story? Uh, well, I 
should probably back up because there's there's a lot to my story on the street. Yeah, let's, I want to hear it I, all. Okay, it's a long <laughs> one, but we'll we'll get through it. So showed up eight days before, and obviously spent time looking for that buck that you ended up killing. Never laid eyes on him, and it was the I think it was thir- it was going to be Thursday morning. I uh, I I was didn't have a real particular I had a couple bucks that I was going to sit water on in the mornings and stuff but I didn't have a solid buck that you know I could spot and stock and I had seen a good handful of bucks but this year just with there being ginormous bucks everywhere I was like man I just just keep you know keep looking you know so um I was actually I woke up we were camped way on the the other end of the unit from where that buck that you killed was at and so I, I woke up at you know really early to drive hour drive to get down over there and uh start i think maybe drive 20 minutes and i had two two big bodied and just big frame deer cross me in front of and you know with the headlights and, and it and almost hit him with my truck and whatnot and but pulled over and shined my lights you know my turned my headlights up on them and i could just tell they were big bucks so i said i said screw driving that hour and i just i pulled over and took a nap and waited for a little bit before sunrise and then just got on the closest point and uh i mean i hiked up there in the dark and about before it was even light i i, I had picked them up just you know oh, down no. below me a little ways so i could see the one buck and he was a big typical and uh it it was funny it was actually where i picked him up was right next to where jeff Rowe and those guys were camping i mean i could see the bucks and i could see their camp you know <laughs> and uh so i'm I'm sitting there watching them and there's traffic like crazy. You know, it's the day before opening day and there's just, everybody's on the road and these bucks get a little nervous and they start, they start taking off and the other buck steps out and I get a good look at him before they really take off. And he was a big, you know, non-typical 220 kind of buck. And I was like, all right, found my bucks. And, uh, they started moving off and, and they kept moving. They didn't stop. And, uh, uh, you know, I didn't, I didn't bump them or anything, but they just, they kept moving. I think just the traffic in the morning, all the people driving by and whatnot. And so they, they ended up that morning moving a total of like four miles away from where I had originally, you know, found them at first light. And I had lost them three different times and I would just, I'd run, you know, jump in my truck, get on a different point and then just, and just try to find them. And I ended up I ended up sticking with them all day somehow. I, I got lucky a couple times just picking them up again, but I ended up catching them and they ended up just kind of staying there and I watched them all day long. And then uh, the next, that, uh, you know, watched them till dark and they really where they finally stopped after that four miles, they didn't move at all. And so anyways, I was like, all right, I'm going to hunt these bucks. I did have a, a water that I was going to be sitting on in the morning, but I was going to have my spotter, you know, go look for those bucks. And if he glass them up, then I'd jump out of my water and, and get it, go over there for a plan. And so that's what I ended up doing in about 6.50. He, uh, he texted me and he said, he's all, I got the bucks. So I'm like, all right. So um, of course I'm on the other end of the unit right now. And so drive, drive all the way back there and you know where, where they're at i wasn't afraid of losing them they're pre- pretty open stuff and so um he just he just stuck on them all day until i got there and then um he kind of walked me in and i i waited about till two o'clock before i made my stock the wind was just well, didn't seem consistent and whatnot and they they kind of went down into this little 
little cut and there was just kind of bluffed out here and there and stuff. So anyways, I started making my move in when I felt like the wind was real consistent. And, uh, I, I think I was at like moving in to where, you know, he's just telling me on the radio about where they're at. And, uh, yeah, I think I was about 60 yards before I finally saw a tine. Oh, no yeah, it was, <laughs> you know, it, it was take a step in glass, take a step in glass, take a step in glass. And so that's what I, that's what I ended up doing. And, and I, I could see his time. I could tell he was bedded down and it was the non-typical buck, which it was the one I preferred preferably wanted to shoot he actually had 12 on his left including a drop time and i think he had like eight or nine on his right he was just a he, he was just a cool buck and uh so anyways i i think i got to 42 yards and i was just sitting there waiting for him to get out of his bed and i, I maybe had been sitting there five five or six minutes and uh you know wind was just perfect couldn't ask for a better situation just stalking in and um, anyways, he, the other, the big typical that was, I could not see, I could only see the non-typical and the typical got out of his bed and he was below him and he walked up, up and he, he you know, came up and I could see him coming up through the trees and stuff and he, he you know, nudged that, that non-typical and the non-typical got up and right then I drew back and I, I mean, I'm right above him, 42 yards and, yeah, you know, really steep, steep, steep angle and stuff. So I just, uh. I just settle my pin on there and, you know, both eyes open and I let it go and it just hits them, you know, and I just like, Oh, I'm like, perfect. <laughs> it, it just, it sounded so perfect. I'm like, that buck's dead, like hundred percent. Like, yeah. you know, you know, doing fist, fist bumps to myself and all kinds of stuff and excited and the buck, they, they run off or whatever. And I go down there and I find my arrow and it's covered in blood and I'm like, all right, sweet. Like I, I smoked this deer opening day, <laughs> like two twenty bucks. I'm like, can the trip be any easier yeah <laughs> and so anyways i give him some time and i started trailing the blood and you know as i started trailing it it just it just from lots of blood to little drip little drip and it's just getting smaller to where all of a sudden there's no drip and i'm just following his track and it's where he's at it's just tall it's kind of tall grass in there and it's just it was super tough to follow his track and you know i'd every once in a while like 20 yards in i, I would find a drip and whatnot so at this point i'm really frustrated i don't know what what happened like i thought i had smoked that deer you know and i mean 42 yards you think that's a sure deal you know but yeah um anyways i i never i never found that deer and i spent i spent the next three days just glassing for him and looking and no sign of him uh jay lopeman he was up there getting a hunter and he actually saw the big typical in the headlights right in the same spot that I saw him in the headlights. So, I mean, we looked in that country. I I don't know. He, you know, he must have just been sick, but he just just couldn't find him. And, I, I, you know, like I said, I spent several days just looking for him and whatnot. And I think it was the evening of the third, the third, third day there, and I had my, my water pump and my truck went out. And so... I'm, I'm stranded, you know, and, and so we get, we get someone to pick us up and go into town and get a new fuel pump and, and, uh, or water pump and then just, uh, get that all taken care of and whatnot. And then, uh, at that point I, I had given up on that buck. I didn't, <laughs> you know, I yeah. was pretty frustrated and stuff. And what do you do? You just, 
you just keep going on. You know, I felt like I spent, you know, a good amount of time looking for him and stuff, but just, I don't know. I, w- I was pretty sad inside, you know, but I just wanted to keep going after it, you know. So we, uh, I think it was the fourth, so the fourth day or the fifth day, one of those two, I we went to Jay had told me about another buck that they'd been looking for, but they hadn't found. And so I, they, they, they weren't going to go look for him that day. And he said, go look for him. So I did. And, uh, I mean, first light comes up and I gloss up the buck they've been looking for <laughs> within uh-huh. minutes. And I, yeah. And there was actually another big buck that was, uh, that was in the area, but they weren't hanging out together. And, uh, he, that buck, the, the second biggest buck, he actually got killed later on the rifle hunt and he scored 221, you know, and I, we and were kind of thinking, smaller buck. yeah, yeah, that's a smaller buck. And we thought, and that's with no velvet too, you know, so <laughs> the the other buck was, he, he definitely had, you know, 10 inches on this other buck. So, I mean, it, it's crazy to say he was just a 230, he just heavy wooded out. I actually posted a video of him on my Instagram that uh, uh, you guys can see, but he, uh, anyways, I glass him up and I'm like, all right, so we, we sit on him all day long and uh, kind of the same situation, waited until about two o'clock, the wind started feeling real consistent, you know, everything seemed like it was playing, they were bedded in a good spot, so I circled around, got above them again, they were below some bluffs, and uh, I got on top of the bluffs and uh, looked down in look down in, you know, looking in there, trying to find them, and spent quite a bit of time doing that, and then finally picked him up, picked up one of the smaller bucks that he was with, like, six bucks, so once I picked up one of the bucks, you know, I just, I just focused kind of on that area, and just going one step in glass, you know, trying to get closer, um, being on top of the bluffs, I was, like, 105 yards, I think, and, uh, so I ended up working down till I got about, I was between, you know, I don't like to shoot them over 70 yards, so I just wanted that where I thought the farthest buck could have, could have been to be about 70 yards. So that's about where I got, and I got in a spot that felt comfy, and uh, you know, wind was real good, and so I, I just, you know, I just sat there and waited for maybe 20, 30 minutes, and they, uh, they, the the biggest buck, the one I wanted to shoot, he he got up and he he came out right in the wide open, 63 yards. And, uh, oh, I was just like, oh, you know, same thing straight, <laughs> straight down angle, you know, on them. Yeah. And, uh, so I, I pull back and I shoot and this time I see exactly where my arrow hits and it, it, I mean that, so that Garmin site, it's supposed to compensate on angles, but for whatever reason, I didn't, it was my own fault. Obviously I didn't check beforehand to make sure that thing was shooting the correct angles that it says it's supposed to shoot. But for, it wasn't compensating on the angles, and uh, I hit him right through the back straps, like perfect left and right, but right through the back strap. And oh, I was just like, you know, in a world of hurt and just pain, and couldn't believe that happened twice and and whatnot. And so we watched him till dark, and you know, at a point he would he would lick his back, but then he would start feeding again. But he just wasn't in a spot where I could go in and and try to get an, another arrow on him, and. uh you know, he was constantly looking over his shoulder. I mean, when I, when I shot, he just did this death run for about 200 yards. And 
I, you know, I, at that point, I, you know, I, I, I thought my arrow was high, but I wasn't sure. And then he turned sideways and you could see it clear as day. Yeah. And, uh, anyways, he hit him high, you know, in the void definitely wasn't a fatal shot. And within 30 minutes of me shooting him, he was back to feeding and grazing, but constantly looking over his shoulder and just being cautious. So I'm like, all right, he's, He's not, he's not going to die. We'll just, you know, so we ended up backing out. And the first thing next morning, I just, I got on some bluffs and ranged 63 yards about the same angle and shot into my target. And sure, sure enough, it was about eight inches high. It was just, no. you know, my groups were hitting. And so I was just like, oh my gosh, like I spent all this time setting that thing up and Jay helped me get it dialed in. And I, I had shot honestly better than i ever had in my life i felt like but you just you forget to check one thing and it can screw a whole hunt up like that you know so anyways that was that was like the fifth day of the hunt and then um we ended up uh spending pretty much the rest of the hunt looking for that same buck and uh I there was there's a place up there in the strip that you know a lot of people know about. It's tall pines. It, a lot of a lot of big deer up there, and honestly, they're kind of dumb. And uh, we just I just had it in my back of my mind. I'm going to hunt this big buck every single day. And then the last you know three days of the hunt, I'm gonna, I'm still going to hunt the morning here looking for this big buck. But the last three evenings, I'm going to go up in those pines and try to kill you know a 185 kind of plus deer. And that was right kind of where my goals were at that point but you know i i was still gonna hunt this buck day in and day out and uh jay had been was glassing that same area uh i think it was two days after two days after i had shot that buck and for whatever reason i wasn't there that that day and uh, jay happened to be there with his hunter and they glassed it up and that's that's the video you'll see on my instagram and you can see I mean, two two days after I had shot him, he is 100% fine, but it is so obvious where I hit him, and it's just it's sickening. But Jay's hunter. Oh, is it? Uh, okay, is it the April 23rd is when you posted it. Let me see. Let me look at it real quick. I believe that it's just a big typical of trash on it. Yep. Wooded yeah. out. That's a cool deer. Oh yeah. yeah, you can totally see where you hit it in the backstrap. Yep. You go to the second video, yeah, you'll yeah. you'll see it. <laughs> he walks yeah. out. And it's just... So Jay filmed him that day right there, and uh, his hunter stalked him, and they, you know, they, I think he ended up backing out or something. Something wasn't right, and so that was kind of the end of the hunt for Jay's hunter, I think. And he might have spent another day or two there, but he, uh, Jay, just said, you know, just hunt him. He's there, and I'm like, yeah, he, you know. He, Jay glossed him up from the same spot that I glossed him up, and so, he, you know, he was he was there. So, I had my buddy uh, Zach Zach Doster. He came up and he um, he spent I don't know I think it was 15 days or something towards the end of the hunt with me, and it was pretty much just me and him. You know, all the camps had pretty much left. Um, uh, Matt Schimberg had a, a unit 10 elk hunt, and so he had to get out of there. That was you know, he had to go scout for and start. So it was just me and Zach up there, but we had our target buck. And so we spent the next, however many days, um, hunting 
for that buck and to never lay eyes on him again. And I mean, no way. we, we spent morning and evenings there every single day and we, we glossed up a lot of the other bucks and stuff and including one, this non-typical that I wish, I don't know. I think, I think he might've been a pretty big buck, but we just, you know, we were looking for this one buck and, uh, but this non, this non-typical was super narrow, just kind of ugly looking, but he, uh, we saw him quite a bit and, um, I ended up stalking him once towards the, I think the fourth, fourth or last day, or yeah, about fourth or fifth to last day of the hunt, and uh, got busted by him. He was a, he was definitely an old deer, and smart, smart as could be, and uh, anyways, got busted on him. But you know, still were there every single, every single morning, and uh, just hunting, hunting that buck, and so we, uh, it was about the. I think the three there was three days left in that in that hunt, and so that morning we got up, we we went and looked for him, didn't find him, and so the next day we uh, or that that evening, sorry, we uh, we went up into that that piney country that I was telling you about, and yeah, I had seen some good bucks up there here and there, and uh, we went up there and found a found this kind of real pretty typical that I thought was one eighty five ish or so. And, uh, you know, he, and he was with a couple other bucks and there was this, I mean, this wooded out three by three that I was so tempted to shoot. I mean, he was probably a 180 kind of three by three. <laughs> and, uh, and then there was this, the buck that I shot and he was, he, he's actually a cactus buck. He, uh, he's got G2s that are just, they, they just go on, they just go up and up and up. They're insanely long. And, um, he also still had his velvet and uh, I really wanted a velvet buck and the the other big typical that was with him was all he had rubbed off already. And oh. so anyways, I decided to, you know, they, they were feeding and, and, uh, in, in kind of a burny spot. And, uh, I snuck into 52 yards and drew right when I was crouching down to draw back. Cause I had a branch about eye level with me. I had to crouch down. So I got on my knees. He, he, he spotted me and I just, I mean that that's what that's where that Garmin site just kind of came you know proved to be such a good tool because I I was able to draw back before you know they they moved out of there before he took off and you didn't you know I didn't have to sit there and range them and then try to hook up and draw back I mean I was already draw back and ranging but you know right right at the same time when he's he's spotting me and I just he was quartered away pretty hard and I just put it you know right behind that last rib and just and shot him and it just went right behind that last rib and exited out kind of just on the opposite shoulder so i mean i i hit him freaking perfect and he probably only went 40 yards and and was done so <laughs> now was probably pretty pumped when he saw him go down yeah after, yeah, and it, after and you know i i had uh th- and matt had told me a bunch of times he's like these deer's bodies are way bigger than you think like you kill one and you're gonna walk up and it's always gonna be bigger than you think. And I had thought this buck was kind of a 180, 182 kind of buck, you know. And uh, I walked up there and I was like, uh, he's pretty big, <laughs> you know. So <laughs> we got a bunch of pictures and uh, went back to camp and threw a tape on him and he ended up being 191 and a quarter. And I mean, <laughs> I was pumped, you know. Oh yeah, Dude, so, that's I mean, a giant you with your bow too, like. Yeah, yeah. It it was awesome. He's just he's got wooded out mass. Like he's he's freaking heavy, 
and just that uh, unique deer too, like you said, like his G twos just go on forever. Yeah, yeah, and like honestly, his 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 front forks and stuff don't look humongous, but they're actually like I'm sitting here looking at him right now, and he his front forks are pretty pretty good size, even though his frame is just huge. You know, it just it hides a little bit of his length and. He's just, he's real heavy and stuff, but he, 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 you know, when I put a tape on him and added up to one side, I was like, oh, he's going to be pushing 190. <laughs> yes, he he ended up smart. going over it, and I was like, I was like, awesome, you know, so couldn't beat that. Jeez, that's um, so cool. I really don't think a lot of people would stick it out as long as you did out there after yeah. going through everything you went through. That That's awesome. I, I just, yeah, I just knew I would absolutely regret it if I didn't go, you know, push with everything I had because that, I mean, it, you know, I hope to draw it again, but that's kind of a once in a lifetime type tag. You know, I, I'm sure I'll draw it again one, once more in my life, but yeah. And the year, like anyway, it, it was big bucks. Yeah. That. Yeah. So anyways, he, uh, yeah, I ended up taking, we, we went back to camp and then, uh, you know, got that tape on him the next morning. I, I mean, it was, my Colorado hunt started in, I think, four days. So, <laughs> so did you so, guys you know, Colorado? Yep. So, well, I yeah, my buddy, my buddy drove back to back home to Gilbert, and uh, I just loaded all my stuff. He took the meat with him, and then I just took Travis. Travis Roundy was on the way. He does all my taxidermy work, and I dropped it dropped it off there with him, and then just kept on kept on driving. Went straight to Colorado. And uh, got there, I think, around midnight. And uh, I, you know, set up camp. And it, it was crazy because it, you know, it, it's, what, September 14th or September, maybe it was September 12th that day or something like that. I can't remember. But early September, you know, and yeah. uh, or mid mid-September. And uh, I, I was setting up camp, and it was 12 o'clock at night, and it was freaking putting out little snow flurries on me. And I'm like, what the heck is going on here? Yeah, so Colorado, I was completely solo by myself. So you went from and, being hot on the strip to snow yep. in Colorado. Yeah, and so I'm setting up my wall tent and stuff, and these snowflakes are falling, and I, I'm freezing. I'm like, oh, geez. And so I I just throw out my pad in the tent after I get it set up and and, and wrap up and whatnot and slept that night. And, you know, I, I obviously slept in that morning, but... I, uh, I, I was freaking cold that night. And so I went into town and got a blanket and then came back and, and then I was ready to start scouting. So, um, the Colorado was, I mean, Colorado was awesome. I, I do have to give credit to a friend of mine that get, kind of gave me some, I mean, that's a, honestly a, a big help, a big tool in any, any situation is knowing someone that knows the unit you're hunting. He gave he me some tips, it. and uh, I I went in there and started looking around. And uh, I think the I the first couple of days I didn't see, I only saw does. And then uh, it was the evening before opener, I I finally glossed a buck, and he was just a little little crap buck, like he he was nothing at all. But I'm like, all right, well I got a buck here. There's you know, they're bachelored up this kind of time of year, you know, this might be a good area. So opening morning, I went back in there and it, it's open sites, muzzleloader season there. And, uh, I, 
you know, I go in and first light, I'm, I'm, I get set up and, you know, I'm kind of bouncing around moving here, here and there, just a couple hundred yards, just trying to glass everything I can. And I, I pick up the, I see a buck with my naked eye right below me about 300 yards. And he's going, he goes into the tree line. I can see he had a big frame. I don't, I never saw him there. I don't, don't know what he was. I just see he had a big frame. And there was another buck that was right behind him. And so I, I threw up my 15 and I saw him and he was just a, a real nice, like wide, like laid out 170 kind of buck. And I was like, heck yeah, I'll shoot that. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and so I, I, that was opening day and I, that was in the morning and they, they went into a thick, thick uh, Aspen ticket and uh i just i sat on them all day and i don't i think they snuck out of there somehow without there was a couple of spots they could probably get out without me ever seeing them and i think they they got out of one of those spots because i never did see them again but i was like all right i found a what i did find that day was a better spot to glass them from and so the second morning of the hunt i i get there to my spot and i'm glassing around for a few minutes and i i pick up a a different a different buck that was by himself and he's just a big typical big i mean big deep forks and just pretty average width and whatnot but he was just you know looked heavy just all in velvet still and just pretty dear his chest i just remember seeing his chest it was so deep it looked like a moo cow you know yeah and uh i just I was like, all right. So I'm like, sweet, there's a buck to hunt. I'll definitely shoot that buck. I was thinking he was kind of a 180 buck too. And uh, anyways, I uh, I sat on him, and then he, he bedded down kind of in some open aspens, but right where he bedded, it was super thick. I mean, just in the spot he bedded. And luckily, there were some cliffs that were right, right above, or he was right below some, some bluffs about 40, 50 yards. And so I'm like, all right. So I circled around and uh got got around and uh was coming down from the top and wind was good thermals were just pushing up real hard and uh i got got in there on that bluff to where i thought he was and i'm looking at it and i'm i know he's bedded like right there you know and i'm I'm like ranging with my range finder i'm like man he's like he's close he's like 50 yards close you know and so I, i back there were there was three different bluffs and the way he had been working that morning, I was kind of concerned that he would, he, after he got out of his bed, he would feed to the right. And if I was sitting on that left bluff where I first got to, I, you know, he could get up and walk out of there without me seeing him. Yeah. Well, he, I would probably see him, but I wouldn't have a shot. Um, it was pretty thick aspens just right in that spot. And so I decided, I was like, let me get on the, the other bluff because, you know, I could see that whole side over there and I could probably see a good amount of of where i was just looking at too so i i kind of had it you know him pinpointed where i thought he was but i hadn't laid eyes on him or anything yet and so i made my way around and i was just creeping up to the edge of that bluff and i i was just standing there you know looking just taking a step looking and i also i could hear a cough you know like this deer was freaking laying in his bed coughing <laughs> I'm like, oh, he's, he is close. <laughs> he is close, close. So I'm like, all right. So it's just, it's me, my muzzleloader. You know, I, I get real comfy, and I, my, my, my dumbass freaking left the, <laughs> left my pack with my water and all my extra, my extra loads and all that stuff about 30 yards behind me, and, uh, 
And so I'm just sitting there at the muzzle. I'm like, all I need is one shot, you know. And so this was pretty early in in the, it was probably like, I don't know, 9 o'clock, probably by the time I got on that bluff. And I thought, okay, midday he's going to get up and and I'm going to get my opportunity then. So I, I got him pinpointed because I can hear him, you know. And every once in a while you, you hear him cough, you hear him just make all kinds of noises, kicking dirt and stuff. And uh, I'm just trying to be as quiet as I possibly can. And yeah. I'm staring at the same aspen leaves, just pulling up my tent. And just, you know, you're looking at aspen, like it, it all looks the same. And uh, I had maybe sat there for, honestly, it was a long time. I sat there for probably three and a half hours. And all of a sudden I could see a tine and it was working out to the left. I'm like, oh, of course. If I was on the other bluff, I would be able to smoke him right now. Yeah. He, uh, he, he got out of his bed and took a couple steps and I could see him. And I could just see his tips of his horns, and that was it. And uh, I was like, all right. So I was like, this is it, you know. And it's probably, it's midday or probably, I don't know, what I say, 9 o'clock. So it was it was around noonish or so. And uh, he he got out and started feeding on the on the saplings and stuff. And uh, he, he maybe moved five yards. And I'm like, all right, three, three four steps, you're, you're, I'm going to be able to shoot you, you know. And he's like, 50 60 yards he's close and and so i'm i'm ready you know i i got everything set up i am ready to freaking smoke this deer and his head pops out of that opening where i was going to shoot him at and he's eating on some leaves for a while he, he probably sat there for a good five ten minutes and all of a sudden he just flipped back around and went back down and laid back down without yeah. ever coming in that opening no. and i'm like i was i was like you gotta be kidding me i was it, it pissed me off so I'm like, all right, just be patient, just be patient. I mean, we still got all day. So I I ended up staying there, sitting in that same spot, staring at those same Aspen leaves for a total of seven hours. And uh, Did you ever get back to your water? <laughs> no, no. So I'm telling you, without without water, the sun's beating on me. And, of course, it's freezing cold at night, but the sun is beating on me, and it's hot as can be. And I'm just in a T-shirt. I'm sunburned. I'm fried, you know. And I, I've been staring at the same aspen sapling leaves. And you start losing losing it a little bit, staring at something for that long for, you know, a total of seven hours. It was yeah, it was quite intense. And uh, so anyways, he uh, – I'm like, man, he's got to be getting out of his bed. It's It's – pushing in the evening you know and uh, i can still hear him coughing here and there i know he's there but the wind's just been phenomenal all day and i'm like this wind's gonna screw me i i just you know <laughs> i was like it's starting to get start temperature starting to drop i'm like it's i'm like i'm getting nervous you know and sure enough it, all of a sudden i'm feeling little breezes kick up at the back of my neck here and there and i'm just like oh <laughs> you know and so he ends up catching my scent and uh he just he bolts straight out of there just bolts out and i just i see him take off and i'm like crap and i I just sit there for a minute and i'm pissed off you know and he he comes into a little opening and i i got a narrow window to try to you know thread thread a bolt in there so so i pull up my open sights and just try to line everything up as best i can and i i shoot one off he's probably at 100 or so yards and i i must have hit an aspen tree or something but i shot and that's the only bullet I got, you know, the rest are up in my pack behind yeah. me. And I'm like, oh, crap. <laughs> I, I instantly know I didn't hit him. And uh, I, I, and I'm not even sure what I ever hit or if I just barely missed him or what. 
whatnot. But anyway, so I, I am beyond frustrated at this point. And, uh, you know, from the whole, the, the whole time being there on the strip for 27 days and then going up there and, you know, driving straight through and then just starting to scout and glass, like I am burnt out as, yeah, I, I pretty, I've only taken off evenings at this point. And so I'm just like, you know what? I'm like, screw this crap. <laughs> I am. I, so I just, I, I went back to camp and, you know, zipped up my tent and went into town and got a hotel and I stayed there for, I went in kind of early, you know, and, uh, or went in that evening and, uh, just got in there and was just like, all right, I'm just, I just need to, I need to get everything, you know, my energy back. I need to get my mind in the right place. I was, I was pretty frustrated at that point. And, uh, so I just sat in a hotel for a full day and just enjoyed it, you know, like, it, it was nice. Took several bath, you know, several showers and baths, and just just got real clean and just ate like he was a king, you know, just ate nonstop and and whatnot. And so I uh, I spent a full day there, and then that next that next morning I actually slept in again, and so I basically missed a day and a half. Um, and at that point I was like, all right, I'm ready to check out. I'm ready to get get back at this, you know. And so I went back up there. And uh, I got to the same spot where I had missed that, sat on that buck for seven hours, uh, where I, at least where I glassed him up at. And uh, it was 11 o'clock, and uh, I, I sit down, and I start glassing around. I'm not really expecting to see much, you know, middle of the day and stuff, but you never know. And so I, I'm sitting there, I kind of look at this and that and glass around for a while, and then I'm like, I'm like, man, I like just trying to picture – why I never caught, you know, like why I couldn't see him from that bluff that I was thinking about. So I like go to glass that spot where he's bedded. I'm like, all right, I think he was right here. Maybe he was right there. Then all of a sudden I see a, a deer, like a antler tine. And I'm like, oh, no, what, what the crap? And it's like where he's bedded is in a thick spot, right? So And I remember just barely being able to see a couple of his tines when he bedded down last time. And I'm like, I'm looking at my, through my 15s and I'm like, no way. And so I pull out, put my spotter on him and sure enough, it's the same, same buck in the same bed. Yeah. (laughs) I can't believe that. Oh yeah. I I felt so blessed at that point, you know? (laughs) And so he he had actually stripped his velvet off in that day and a half that I, between when I last seen him. And uh, so he's got, you know, velvet's hanging from his horns. He, he, he just, he, he's got some red on him and stuff. He, he just stripped his velvet and he looks freaking badass. And I'm just like, all right, this is it. Like, yeah. <laughs> I'm screwing this up this time, you know? So I, I hike, I hike, you know, hike around getting, getting to position. I'm like, I'm going to the first bluff for sure. And, um, I, you know, I sit on, get on that first bluff where I was before and I'm sitting on them and I'm just like, all right, this is, this is looking good. Like I can see where he fed out that time, you know, where I almost killed him. And I'm like, all right, I, I can see where, you know, I can't see him, but I, I know he's bedded right there, you know, 45 yards. He, from that spot, it was close. And so I, I'd been sitting there for 10 minutes and I'm like, it was kind of uncomfy where I was sitting. And I'm like, ah, let me just get a little more on the edge of this bluff and, and sit down and just be, you know, in a better position. And, uh, so I, there was one little bush that was actually between me and where I wanted to get. And, uh, I, I was stepping over, you know, I take a 
real, I mean, just moving real slow. I mean, I, I spent a lot of time looking through my tans, making sure I could not see him. And I would take half a step and I would, you know, look again and just make sure that he was not visible. And uh, so anyways, I, I took, you know, got one foot over. And then when I was bringing my second foot over, my toe touched that bush. And it just made a little bit of a, like a scratch sound. And I'm like, I just thought, you've got to be kidding me. Like, what are you doing, you know? And so I'm like looking around, nothing, everything seems fine. I'm like, all right. So I sit down and I just throw up my tans real quick just to look. And all of a sudden I can see, I can see antlers and they're looking right at me. And I'm like, oh my gosh. I'm like, (laughs) I was so pissed at myself. I was like, what are you doing? And so, but I'm ready, you know, too. And he's sitting there. I can just see his, his tines. He standed up out of his bed and maybe took a half a step forward and that you know at that point i could see that his head was looking in my direction but i don't think he could see me either and so we had this stare off for probably 10 15 minutes it felt like forever but anyways he, he you know from everything happening last time and me shooting he just he knew something was up and so he he did a little snort and he took off he bolted out and i'm like you i was so pissed i was like what, you, what the frick <laughs> like you had the most perfect opportunity and I'm like, all right, well, at least at least I know where he went. And so the whole where I was sitting on this bluff, it was like, if you just imagine like three bluffs, and and if you parallel those downhill, there it was like this aspen thicket, and then it was open on both sides. I'm like, all right, last time he he cut left, you know, and so and that, I was already on the left side, so I'm like, all right, I'm just gonna sit here and wait. And uh, I maybe waited. I don't even know. It probably wasn't that long. It was probably like 10 minutes or so. And he popped out on the left side at 100 yards in the wide open. I mean, just on the edge of the tree line, but he was in the wide open. And so I got I got my, my uh, side on him, and uh, I was just like, all right, he, he's pretty calm right now. You know, he knows something's up, but he's just he's calm. And so I just squeezed it off as gentle as I could, and I, I freaking drilled him. And uh, I just yeah. – he just, he just dropped in his track. And, uh, he, I, I mean, I, I've never been so excited in my life. It was more rewarding killing that buck than my strip buck. I felt like really? I don't know, probably just cause I was, yeah, just probably just cause I was solo, honestly. Yeah. It, you know, it, it gets at you yeah, when you're, you're hunting by yourself for that long and stuff. But anyway, I was, I was ecstatic and he, he dropped in his tracks and rolled down the hill a little bit. And this, this hill, by the way, it's, it's a, it is a, freaking steep hill it's it's probably like a, i think i did it with my rangefinder and it was like 44 degrees downhill and it, i mean so yeah well as steep your, as it, your harvest pictures on the hillside <laughs> yeah yeah you guys crazy. see that but yeah he uh so he's on the steep hill and i i go down there and he, he had maybe rolled 50 yards down from where i shot him and he's he's dead as can be and i'm just excited you know and then I uh, I pick his head up and I'm looking at him and I'm holding him there and I'm like, you know, I thought he was a 180 kind of buck and I'm like, this buck's bigger than my strip buck. I'm like, his body was just bigger than the strip deer. You're like, oh my gosh. And so I'm holding him there and I'm like, I'm I'm freaking out. I'm like, this deer is definitely bigger than my strip buck. You know, he's got deeper forks. His frame's about the same. He's just, his G2s aren't as tall, but he's bigger everywhere else, you know. And uh, uh, so I was, I was just ecstatic, but right in that moment, I freaking, I'm sitting on that steep incline, and 
his body just starts to slide. And, uh, <laughs> I mean, I'm doing everything to hold him from rolling. And he ends up just, I, I can't hold on to him. You know, I'm falling too. And he, he ends up rolling. He probably rolls another 100, 150 yards down the hill. And, uh, and during it, I heard a, a snap. And I'm like, you've got to be yeah. kidding me. <laughs> and so I'm following his roll trail down the grass. And sure enough, he freaking, he snapped his horn off on one side. Oh, and yeah, but luckily all the pieces were there. Travis fixed it up and yeah. I even managed to get pictures with me holding where it snapped. <laughs> but, uh, you can't yeah, you yeah I, I spent, I spent a lot of time just, I, I actually, you can actually see like a, a black rubber band that's around it that I, that I, I found it in my pack and I ended up using that to kind of help hold it. And then I would just hold it with my hand in that spot too. But mm-hmm. it was his left, left horn where his G2 come, you know, comes off up uh, off the main beam is right there where it snapped. But anyways, he, you know, and then I had to pack him out uphill. So yeah. it was, it was fun though. I mean, that Colorado hunt was, it, it's for sure been by far my most favorite hunt I've ever had in my entire life. And it, it, even over the strip, I mean, the strip was awesome, but there was just something about that Colorado hunt that it just really did it for me. And I don't even, I can't even tell you what it is, but. Well, anyways. that's such a pretty deer. Like, it's just a good looking deer too. Yeah. He, he's it literally the perfect for, typical. Yeah, exactly. You can't ask for anything else. Yeah. Um, he, uh, I, so he ended up going 194 as a typical, um, so that's a hard horn. And, uh, but like we had him there at Travis's shop and he had this buck that was, I think 206 or so. And it just had some trash and this and that. And you hold my buck up next to that buck. And like this, this typical buck, he just freaking dwarfed that 206. But you know, that 206 just got that, that extra trash, which is, I mean, they're both giant deer, but his frame was just big. Yeah, when you <laughs> Just as a typical, that's a freaking big oh, deer. Yeah, for sure. He's just he's pretty. He's got good mass on him, you know. And, and it it's pretty cool. He's got this velvet just kind of hanging off of him too. So Travis kept it that way on the mountain stuff, and it looks looks fantastic. But that's sweet. Anyways, so I, I was going to ask you kind of like, so what do you think made you successful? But from what I can hear from your stories. From both of them, it's just sticking it out, <laughs> even when yeah, it's not fun. Yeah, so. I yeah, I think I think you know, like I, I had actually heard it on a podcast. To I, it was probably the Epic podcast. Someone had said, you know, like sometimes you got to take a break and just recoup, and that's what I needed, honestly. And uh, but I mean, it's a, it's amazing what if you can if you can control your mind and set your mind to doing what it needs to do, you'll be fine, you know, and, and don't get me wrong. It was uh, like on the strip and just in Colorado too. It was, it was frustrating. It was hard. It was, it's, it's the hardest part about hunting in my opinion is the mental toughness that it takes to, you know, continue through, through it all and stuff. But it was, it, it was, it was brutal at times for sure. So do you have any like tricks besides like taking a break? So like, that's obviously good, but like, are there, do you have any tricks like how to stay mentally tough or how to stay, I guess, motivated? I don't know. I, 
you know, when I was younger and stuff, it was I I could get you know, I, I it wouldn't it didn't take a lot to get me to decide to go back home, you know. And uh you'd because I used to do those cougar hunts, I, I would pack in by myself and stuff, and and you spend two or three days there, and you're you're just ready to go home. And uh, but as soon as you get home, you're just like, oh man, you know, <laughs> I want to get back out there. That's how it always that also how it always yeah. Be. But I think just the older I got and the more mature I got and stuff, I was just able to build up my mental toughness. And uh, it's it's definitely. It, I definitely still have my moments and stuff, but it's, I think just, you know, the maturity and, and, and whatnot, but it all, it also takes spending a lot of time out there to, to get used to it as well. We spend, uh, obviously a lot of time doing those governor tags and stuff in the summer and whatnot. And, and then just, just the regular hunts, but I don't know. It can, it can for sure is tough on everyone. I think. Yeah, no, I think that's some good advice you gave, though, like, just, just kind of, because sh- I've done that, too, like, where it's just, it's so easy to come home, and then once you do, you're just like, crap, like, I'm mm-hmm. going to get back out there. Yep, so it always is. So you, you killed two great bucks, obviously, but is there anything that you kind of wish you would have done different on either of these hunts? Yeah, for sure, the strip hunt, and just knowing my gear better, like, you think you know it, but like, like really make sure you go. Like, I, I wish I really would have like sat down and like really thought about this and that. And I'm sure checking the angle that the angle compensation was actually working on that thing, which I, I still haven't even figured it out for this year. But that's for sure something I'm gonna work on, you know, before before the season starts. But yeah. I, I just I I feel like I prepared pretty good for the strip, except for you forget one little thing though. So, I mean, it's good to hear stories and just, you know, any, any, you know, hear, listen to these podcasts and stuff that goes wrong and, you know, lessons learned from other people, like, you know, take that into account too. And just always be trying to learn, you know, that that's, I feel like that's the only way that you get, you really get better is just trying to learn from your mistakes and, 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 and then just gaining a, a lot of patience and stuff for the actual hunt. 